The reproduction of this content is not allowed without the express written consent of EBH Fitness LLC. Dr. C. Victor Herbin III, and I'm taking it to the house. And I'm Dr. Timothy Hooper, and I'm taking it to the house. Vic, man, we got so much to talk about in a small space to talk about it. Bruh, bruh, let's go. Welcome to another edition of Taking It to the House. Let's go on this ride together for the next 30 minutes or so. What's on your mind, sir? What you got? Baby, you call it. Like you said, I mean, we got coaches going at it in the SEC, and it's not in the fall. We got number one seeds crumbling like it's like it's acorns on a doggone, you know, a freeway or something. I mean, we got stuff that's happening, bruh, that last week this time, we thought we knew what the sports world was going to look like. And in one week time frame, whether it's a medical issue as CP3 having this mysterious quad injury or a leadership issue as we see is happening between the SEC coaches, man, up to uh, what topsy turvy, upside is down, downside is up. Man, you tell me what we're going to talk about today. How are we going to start this show? Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm with you on all that. Let's start it off with Nick Saban. I think he put his, he put his foot in it, dog. What they say, it won't. Smell, if you don't stir it up, he stirred it up. Usually measured, monotone, knows what he's talking about. What we do know about 2022, there's always a camera and there's always a mic. We want our coaches. We want our entertainers. We want them to be honest. But there's a whole lot of coaches that didn't want Nick to be dishonest, okay? But two coaches in particular, when he... When he points out Jimbo and when he talks about uh, uh, Dion, but what's bad about it all, it was, it's, it's, like, it's like he's got sour grapes. Every football, college football team, organization has been through what he's going through. And it's called parity or it's called using the system to your advantage. Some do it very well. Nick just seems to be behind the power curve. Who are you talking to, Nick? Are you talking to your boosters? Are you talking to Jimbo? Or are you talking to Dion? Who are you talking to? To me, it sounded like sour grapes. In, in basketball, it was the one and done. And your boy, Shusevsky, he didn't like it at first. Guess what he started doing? He started doing the one and done because it was successful. Kentucky and Calipari was doing it. And it was, it was finding out to be successful. Oh, people were talking about it. Nick, 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 where are you going with this? An apology needs to be open, not behind the scenes, not behind the scenes where you can have a 
personal talk with Jimbo or Dion. You need to be up front in front of everybody, in front of the same people and say, you know what? I was really wrong. The apology, excuse me, the apology that you gave was shallow, brother. And out of it all, Jimbo came with it. I know you got something your take, but Jimbo came back with it and he wasn't going to take it sitting down. Just like whatever you say goes because you have been the the, the, the top dog for, for this long. But I love Dion's response. He was so cool about it. It was like, no, he wasn't talking to me. He was talking to his boosters. Left it right there. Dropped the mic. So Dion, cool for the way you handled it. But I'm looking, bruh, Vic, I'm looking for the next cage match. Jimbo and your boy Nick. Get him in a cage. Let him go. <laughs> what you got, man? What you got? Off the bat. Now, this is not a shameless plug for Aflac, but I can't wait to see the next commercial. Will Dion be in that? I mean, dang. I mean, how do you roll over your co-partner who's in these commercials with you? He put prime time up. So now you've already just put the wedge and said, hey, it's me against you. And Dion's like, no, I'm not even in this fight. I mean, I'm in the, I'm in the MEAC. I'm putting black college football on the map. And you're going to bring me into this grudge match? Man, I'm not even <laughs> like, I like, like you said, this ain't between me, bro. <laughs> this is internal between you and your boosters or whoever else. But to your question, this is leadership at its finest. Because what I liked about Jimbo, He's going to defend his team. He's going to defend his product. He's going to defend his university. You don't call me and my family out and expect me to sit down there in a corner. He put his whole institution on his back against the big dog and said, I can bark too, bro. I don't need to have the six, seven, eight championships. I don't need to have you know numerous of players in the pros. But what I will tell you what I do have, I have heart. And I do have gonads because I'll dig up all this stuff to make a point. I work for you, bro. I know where all the dead bodies are buried. And your stuff stink like everybody else. And don't be mad because we found a way to compete. Don't be mad because you didn't win the national championship last year. And guess what? We're coming for you. So I love, again, from a, from a leadership perspective, you're saying, I will stand behind my guys until the last day. And he's doing that. He, again, representing leadership identity, organizational identity. I am not scared to defend what I believe is right. And I'm not afraid to defend against bullies, regardless of who you are. And so I, I love how he, is, how he has owned it. And then said, now what says you? Because now, regardless of who his competitors are, his peers in industry, he now has them apologizing to him. And now what? You were the big bad wolf in Nick Saban, and now you're going back the best way you can to walk this back. Because you put something out there thinking everyone's going to scatter because of the position, and you had this level of positional authority within the, the NCAA, bigger than. No, you're not bigger than. You are still equal with every other coach. You just have all these championships. Yes, you got the $83 million contract, but it does not make you better than anybody. It does not allow you to speak above and speak on behalf of others. And so for Jimbo to stand out there and go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, I mean, that's a lesson That's a lesson right there that everyone could learn from. 
but the issue of what they're fighting over, name, image, likeness. Hey, give give uh, what Eddie O'Bannon from UCLA basketball credit for all that. This has been 20 plus years in the making, almost 30 years in the making of what are we going to do for college athletes? The same college athletes, yes. Yes, Nick Saban has put many of players into the league. But he makes he just signed an extension. He didn't just this this get paid. He just signed an extension for $83 million to him. His players won those championships. He just coached them up. I'm sure Jimbo could have coached them up. Lane Kiffin could have coached them up. Steve Sarkeesian, any coach that's in the league could have coached those players up to win. But yet those players are not making that money. So now for uh, uh, NCAA to give credit to image and likeness, and now these players can have a way to bargain who they are and what they can be in a league, that does provide a level of parity. Because now if Texas A&M has a contract with Nike or local car dealers and they can tell a player, hey, you come here, this is how we can help brand you for the next level. That's about recruiting. That is the level of parity, and I speak about the NFL. It's one thing to be playing the game through the season between the goalposts on that field. It's another what happens in the offseason, how you draft, how you trade. Well, in college football, it's about recruiting. And if my team and my institution now has a leg up on Alabama in this offseason, then I'm going to go for it. So, Nick Saban, hey, strap up, bro. Because to your other point, uh, when Calipari took the one and done, I don't remember him complaining when everybody else started adopting it. He was still winning. He still had the blueprint. But he had to play the game that he started cultivating. So, man, please, it's a great cage match. When is that game happening in the fall? Because I'll do what I got to do to fly down there and watch that. (laughs) Circle your calendar. And I'm going to be like Tony Reale on Around the Horn on ESPN. I'm going to give you the bloop, 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 bloop. You got many points. Boy, you're out distancing me. Bloop, bloop. Great take. Great take. I believe it's October 8th, though. But I'd rather not play the football game. Just put those two in a cage. Come on, Vince McMahon. Somebody put these, match these two up. Let's go, barbaric style. Gladiator. Let's go. Are you not entertained? I am. And this is just talking, a debate. And it's not healthy. It's not healthy. So the SEC commissioner earlier today, (laughs) he told them both to shut up, sit down, be quiet. So more, more to come. More to come, you can best believe. Changing gears, Tiger Woods in the PGA Championship. Oh, go ahead. Before that gear changes, yeah, Mr. McMahon, you got to have Michael Buffer. You got to have this call out all the key players. <laughs> you call out Michael Buffer. You put the sidelines, the guys on the sidelines, put that cage on the 50-yard line. <laughs> They don't got to strap up and do nothing. Let them guys go at it. Vince McMahon, Michael Buffer, let's get ready to rumble, and let's give us three hours of good case. That would be great. (laughs) Bloop, 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 bloop. (laughs) Well said.
So transition to Tiger Woods PGA Championship this weekend. Uh, the first round shot a plus four. Second round he shot a minus one. So he's plus three for the two rounds. Looks like he's going to make the cut. So I, I, I got to ask you, um, what's a what's a win? What is a win uh, for Tiger? Just coming off the Masters last month, and and now he's out there. He's laboring. To I'm gonna toss it to you, sir. What, so what are we looking for? What do you, what are your expectations for for Tiger Woods uh, out of this weekend? I, I think when I look at Tiger, I have to look at him and his total body work as an athlete. And when I say that, I mean I look at other athletes recovering from an injury. We understand the gravity of the of the of his injuries, but we've also seen now that he can play. So now I don't even want to think about what we saw with the injury last year. We we're all in question: could he even walk? Well, he's already proven it. He played the Masters, so now I want to put him in comparison with athletes recovering from an injury. Clay Thompson, ACL two years ago, comes back. He renders himself. Uh, Saquon Barkley or or Joe Burrow, ACL, out for a season. He comes back. They make it to the Super Bowl. So I want to measure him against other athletes recovering from an injury for me to dictate what is success. To me, success, finishing the season. Alex Smith's success for him was being able to come back on the field and take a hit. And that was it for him. Couple weeks later, he retired. So for me, I know who Tiger is. This is the same much I knew who Clay Thompson was. I'm not expecting Tiger to be that version of him right now. The fact that he's here and he made it to the Masters was success. He's already won for the season in my book. Now for him to be able to compete in this next tour, the next one, just check it out. I want him to look at this as a a year long uh, testing of my new leg, how's my back feel, can I compete, can I swing? We watched over time of his career, the back injuries plagued him, and he could not complete a tour. So there's a lot of that mental piece that I like to watch him overcome. Can he trust his body? To me, that is success. I'm just happy watching him. So I have to also curtail my excitement to say, that's Tiger, he's here. And say, okay, yes, he's here. Let's understand he's recovering from an injury. When can I expect him to be his best? So I, I'm, I'm fine where he's at the plus four, minus one. He makes the cut. It's great. He's make this finish the season. See what he has in store next year. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. And uh, I thank you for that. You, you're, you're, you're a straight shooter, and I appreciate that. Uh, I, I, I am a Tiger fan. And being a fan of greatness, the Michael Jordans, the Kobe's, the Magics, the the Willie Mays, the Joe Namath, just greatness. I don't want to see them laboring, limping, dragging his leg, you know, being a shadow of himself. I don't want that. But I do love seeing him compete. So maybe it's fair that he's filling his new body out. Maybe it's not. Maybe this is how it's going to be, but get worse with time. I don't know. I don't know. But give him some time. The Clay Thompson you mentioned, give him some time. Uh, the Joe Burrow, give him some time and let him get used to this body that those fast twitch muscles, explosion, you know, full force. Maybe he is tentative. I don't know. Maybe he is hesitant. I don't know. 
but I don't want to see him laboring. I don't want to see this new version. I want to see the old version. And I don't know if I'm being fair, but I am a fan. He brought me into this game of golf because of his greatness and his color. And so I, I don't want him to labor in his craft, which he's already been defined as great, because usually people will remember your last events, those last, the last meeting, you know, there's, a, there's a first impression. We know that you can't get that back, but that lasting impression, what will they remember? And I would, would rem I want the people to remember him at his greatest moments. And so, yeah, we'll have YouTube and we'll have videos and computer chips from years ago, but that's not what I want to see from him. He'll make the cut. He'll be far superior than a lot of other competitors, younger, that don't have the problems that he have. That's 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 a win. It's a win for his whole health. Yes. Uh, but I'm looking at the big picture long term, and I want to know. I would love for him to tell me what's the master plan going forward. So I, 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 I go forward in watching his career with trepidation, excitement, yet angst. Man, oh, oh, we're going tiger where are we going so continue doing what you're doing tiger you don't owe me anything brother you've done all you needed to do as a fan and as an entertainer for me you have done your best and you're a winner already sir but thank you thank you thank you man nba are we where we thought we would be celtics over bucks heat dispatched the sixers we talked about that but celtics and Sixers in the Eastern Conference Final. And then we got, okay, you and I picked the Doves. We knew the Doves, what they were going to do with the Grizzlies. But who saw the Mavs over the Suns in the Game 7 in the Western Conference uh, um, semifinals? Now we got Doves and Mavs. Bro, I'm giving you a lot of meat on this bone. I don't know which direction you want to go, but I'm going to follow you. You're my wingman. I'm your wingman in the in the, in, in the Handles a top gun. Never leave your wingman. So wherever you go, I'm going to go with you. Have at it. <laughs> CP3, you are who we thought you were. <laughs> I, I, look, it is what it is. Did it have to be the mask? I told you all off, off air. Last series. The first series. If New Orleans was another team, the Suns wouldn't have made it, man. New Orleans had already pegged them. They were just too young. And I believe if Zion and, and C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram had that time to gel, they put them jokers on the ropes. Yes, Devin Booker had gotten hurt. But they had them jokers sweating. And a healthy Luka, with, who does he have? He doesn't have... A big three, he has him and, and four people ready to play. He is definitely Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes because the rest of the team are the Blue Notes. The Blue Notes. Luca is bringing it. And he led that team, man. And they got in their head. He got in the son's head. I mean, we couldn't even, we could not even comprehend what happened to the 76ers or the Bucks get blown out by the time we saw what had happened to the Suns. Like that became old hat because the Suns were the 64 team win. 
do not compare them against the 73 win Golden State Warriors because at least the Golden State Warriors made it to the championship game. These dudes thought they were already hoisting up the Larry O'Brien. So to watch how that train wreck came to pass, and and again, from a leadership perspective, what happened? I, I am so intrigued and want to be the fly in the wall, the locker room, the showers, what have you, just to find out what happened as the coach of the year has this team that has jailed and done so much, what happened those last two games of that series for them to fall apart. And not only fall apart, get embarrassed, blown out at home. You're a championship caliber team. You want game seven. And you want game seven at home. So you have it. And Luca with the blue notes came to your town and took it all. Oh, that that right there was was a, a, a shock. I mean, what did you think about that series, man? Did you see that coming? Well, no. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Go Powell used to say, surprise, surprise, surprise. What? What? You hit on it. A 64-win season. The best team in the NBA this year. Projected to go to the finals after doing all that. Devin Booker mentioned in the MVP runnings, coach of the year, and then you had CP3. Point God, what? No, 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 answer your question. No, I didn't see that coming. You go up 2 0 against the Mavericks, Harold, Melvin, and the Blue Notes. You go up against these boys, and they started singing, and they started finding their rhythm, and they sounded good, and they were on the park bench. They were under the candlelight on the street corner. And they danced you and sang you right out of the Western Conference champ uh, playoffs. You're done. Sons, I don't know. CP3, I don't know. You're no longer that dude. You are who your record says you are in starting off 2-0 in your series and game sevens. Your record says you're not that good. You're not a finisher. Now... I have to ask that fly that's on the wall. Well, it sounds like a funeral up in there. It sounds like it's quiet. People don't know which way to go. They're pointing fingers. There's there's talk about uh, Aiden. Is he going to be resigned? You don't have a big man if he doesn't come back. What happens next year? Is a window of opportunity closed on the signs? Luca was not supposed to do that, but he did. The Blue Notes weren't supposed to do that. And they did. Now you got to ask yourself, who am I? What am I? I And, and those questions will be answered in the offseason. And you're going to have to rally to figure out what you're going to do. You go to the to the championship last year, to the finals, NBA finals last year. The expectation was at least get back to the finals. You didn't get to the conference finals. So the Suns have a lot of questions and a lot of questions that need soul searching that needs to be done. But the Dubs, the Dubs, the Dubs. Okay. Grizzlies gave them a little run, a little scared. But I actually believe that they needed that test. They needed to find their legs, okay, to find out who they are, get their rhythm. So the Mavericks were perfect. Excuse me. The Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies were perfect for the Dubs to get that swag, if you will. Clay Thompson is still inconsistent for me. And so I'm looking for him to get more rhythm. But Draymond Green, my... Goodness, Steve Kerr, my goodness, 
can get put Mike Brown on and, and dispatch the Grizzlies two out of three games with Mike Brown at the helm? Wow. So you're now against Dallas. Oh, the next game is tonight. I expect the Dubs to go ahead and finish this game. But the Mavericks, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, they do scare me because I believe Luka was a little tentative. Jason Kidd is that dude. I expect them to get one, maybe two games, but I still expect the Dubs in six. But you know what I can see, too? The Dubs jelling, meshing. I can see a sweep. I really can see a sweep because nobody plays small ball better than the Warriors. And the Mavericks don't have a big man to speak of. And they can put Luka in the pick and roll, and he can't play defense to save his life. That's my take on the, on the Western Conference. We'll go to the Eastern Conference, but I know you had some more to share on the Western Conference, sir. of the Dubs when they play the Dallas Mavericks. So this is the this is the blueprint of a championship caliber team. That is not the same team from first round. And that's why they're champions. That's why they're still there. And the Bucks are gone and the Suns are gone because both of them were pseudo champs. They were there because the Dubs couldn't be there. I just said in the beginning, Clay was hurt for two years. The Dubs are the best team in the Western Conference and has been. And so people have forgotten about that. Look, Suns great. That was fool's gold. This was Clay's first year back, and they made it to the Western Conference Finals. So watching them turn the switch, not what the Lakers thought they could do, because the Lakers are not a championship-caliber team. They had a championship-caliber roster, but not a championship-caliber team that says, no, we know the, uh, the turn up the intensity. That defense they had against Dallas, oh, my goodness. Dallas had not seen anything like that because they don't know about the switch. This is Luka's first time past the first round. They did a great job the second round. Awesome. They will not make it past this. I give this five games tops because what they did, and Looney, Wiggins, you talk about the back, big man, oh, these jokers, as you stated, they're running in circles. I love what Jason Kidd has done with this team. And this is his first year. And don't forget, another kudos to the Lakers. He was Frank Vogel's assistant. 
So don't say that Frank Vogel was the issue out there in L.A. He's trained assistant coach back on Jason Kidd and the Mavericks. So we're talking about real players here, not, not chumps. So you're watching what the Dubs have done and how they elevate it. I mean, this is a championship, again, they, they, awesome series, but they will be in the finals. Eastern Conference, Unc, what you know say what? you? What you thinking over there? Dog, man, I the Bucks and Celtics in that Eastern Conference semifinals, I did not. Bucks were up 3-2. They were up 3-2. Look at what the Celtics did. Oh, I didn't see that. Matter of fact, our producer was mad as all hell when they lost. It, it, it looked like they were going to lose the series. And so I emailed. Udoko, first first year coach for the Celtics, made some adjustments, made some changes. I love what Marcus Smart is doing. Your boy, uh, Big Big out. Go ahead, Horford. Yeah, I was I say Harrington, but Big out Horford. Dial back the clock, and they just seemingly the better team. They could not. The Bucks could not overcome Chris Middleton. So they dispatched. They're gone. They're they're. I think Giannis is in Greece right now, probably having another baby or working on a baby. I don't know, but he has that time now on his hands. He's not having to worry about playing basketball right now because he's on the sideline. He's got the best view like you and I do. Seeing the Celtics up against Miami. Now, let's talk about that game. Game one and game two. Game one just came out like gangbusters, man. Without Smart, without Horford due to COVID protocol, was beating up on the heat in Miami. We're doing a good job. And I was like, did I underestimate the Celtics only to have the third quarter come around and Jimmy Buckets and the whole Miami Heat arena woke up without your boy Kyle Lowry. So dispatched the Celtics in the first game very handedly. Then the second game came around. Who are the Celtics? Man, it's Jekyll and Hyde. Who are they? series is one and one, but it was the way they won the second game. Horford comes back. Smart comes back of a, a foot sprain or injury, but he didn't have any noticeable limp. He was playing hard. Balling, balling and Jason Tatum. Wow, bruh. Did we underestimate the Celtics? Did we? I'm scratching my head wondering who these Celtics are. Because or is it my did I give them too much credit? Because earlier you and I we had talked about it. What if the Celtics made it past the Bucks? And we I said, man, the Heat will dispatch these these dudes very easily because of that bulldog mentality on defense. PJ Tucker, Kyle Lowry, well, he's hurt. And then you got Jimmy Buckets. But you look at the rest of the cast on Miami, you look at them, bruh, there's no star power. You were talking about. Uh, Harold Melvin in the Blue Notes. It's Jimmy Buckets and who? I said Michael Jackson and Tito's again. Dog, he don't have anybody to lean on. Nobody. Tyler Hero, yes, sixth man of the year, but if they're, they are three-oriented, I'm talking about a three-pointer oriented team. They don't get many points on the inside, so if the three is not falling, uh-oh, uh-oh. So, I toss it to you. I wanted to get your take on the Eastern Conference and the Eastern Conference Finals. Bro, where is this series going? I'm with you. I don't know 
the culture of the series. Because to your point, game one, Celtics were not even a full man roster and they were giving the Heat the business. So the so the Heat came back and they won that game. But do you put the asterisks on that win because it's not a fully manned Celtics team? Celtics come back with a fully manned team and, and blow you out by 20 plus. Is that the real team? Is that the real Miami team? I like to think that Miami still has a little more than Harold. You still got Bam out of bio in the middle. You got a good driver with, with Jimmy Buckets. But to your point, I, I, I enjoy three-point shooting, but I also don't want the game to be about three-point shooting because when, you, when you're hot, you're hot. When you're not, you're not. When you're not, it's a very slow, boring game. Get that ball in the paint. And I thought that's yeah. what Miami was. I thought they were more blue-collar, in the paint, very 90s, 80s type ball that's going to grind it out. But they're not that if they're going to be relying upon a three. And so what they showed us the other night when they just got blown out, uh-oh, to your point. And then I started have to look at the Celtics in another light. Are they a big three or a big yeah. four? Before, all I thought is taking the ground. So you hear about Marcus Smart, and yeah, I mean, they're the Celtics. And we're Laker fans, but I, I will give them their due because they still play good ball. But the seat, okay, are they good three? They see Horford. So it's like these guys got something. And and what we did the last our last show, we gave credit to Miami because of Eric Spolstra, coach, season, Pat Riley, the culture, blue-collar, bruisers. And we kind of gave the Celtics, hey, you guys are here. You look great. You're you're ahead. You still got a young coach. Man, these guys are dispatching all types of stereotypes and saying we deserve to be here. In fact, what I like right now is that these young coaches are not afraid of the big moment. Him, Jason Kidd, I mean, new coaches, first year, and you've done this. So the expectations are extremely high moving forward. But they're also saying, I'm here because I belong here. I belong here. I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. So Eric Spolster, I'm not scared of you. Jason Kidd saying, and Steve Kerr, I'm not scared of you. So I, I love that moxie, and they're coaching them up. So I am surprised how that series went. Again, it's 1-1. It's what happens when they go back to Boston? Does Jimmy Buckets lead this team and put them on his back and say, hey, we are that team? And I spoke about the last series, last show. This was before the bubble, or Miami was that team in the bubble. We've always questioned, was Giannis and the Bucks real? What? Who are they? And I wound up saying I did not trust the coach, Budenholzer. And they won the championship that year. Mm -hmm. But who are they? Mm -hmm. Was it Chris Middleton? Is he the X factor? Because if you're up 3-2, how do you lose that game? You're the, in the champ. That, that wasn't supposed to happen. So, again, talking about the players who are still here, the teams who are still here, this looks like a really interesting series. I would think it would go six or seven because I still got to get an edge to, to Miami, Eric Spolstra, and, and Pat Riley and what they built over there. And if they're going to go out, they're going to go out swinging, and they're going to leave their mark, meaning some bruises, some blood, or somewhere on the Celtics' chin, eyes, and nose that we've been here. So I'd like to think they're going to rely upon that at least to make this go six or seven games. As constituted, as constituted for the Boston 
and the Miami Heat game, a series, I'm picking the Celtics as constituted in a six or seven game series. I just think they're the better team. I just think they play better as a team. And even though Tatum is the leader of the band, you know, uh, the all-star, and Jalen Brown is an all-star too, but they don't play as ball dominant being Tatum. He's not centric. It's not everything focuses on him or around him because any of those guys can shoot. Any of those guys can be playmakers. And I love how Yudoka, being the coach from the pop tree, will get in their face. He will get in their chest and he will talk them and he will bench them. If you don't play and you don't play right, he will sit you down. I love that. He's not afraid of this modern day athlete where you can't talk to him or chastise him. And I believe like children, they want to be disciplined. They want to be coached. They want to be told the right way and listen how they're looking at the productivity when they are listening and have listened. Look at how far they've gotten. They're on the they're, they're on the precipice of going to the finals. And so what has got them there, if they continue on, it'll be because a lot of because of what the coach and you talk about culture, what he's brought to them as far as discipline and everybody honoring their role, but playing team before self. That's what I see with the Boston Celtics. And I'm a Laker fan. You're right. We don't give the Celtics a lot of credit, but it's due. It's due to them. When you see good ball, good coaching, you got to give them credit. Bro, I'm going to let you wrap it up. Close it or not. Man, man, man. I, I'm tempted to still chew on some of this meat on this bone, but we know we got a game, and <laughs> we gave the fans 10 minutes extra bonus coverage. But I like one thing you did say, the pop tree. Pop, pop got two coaches here coaching in the, in the conference finals. Steve Kerr. And he has uh, the Boston Celtics coach. So, I mean, that's that's impressive. Give Pop his flowers while he's still living. On that note, hey, family, take it to the house, family. We thank you. We're giving you our flowers to you while we're all still living. Because we appreciate you guys for what you've been able to support this venue, this platform, and us over the last two years. Thank you all. Enjoy this weekend. Take the time, make an impact, or be impactful, or allow someone to be impactful in your life. Hey, we only have one time to live. We live every day. We only die once. So enjoy it. Enjoy every day. Again, see you all next week. Enjoy a great weekend of sports. I'm Dr. C. Victor Herbert III, and I'm taking it to the house, and I'm out. Passing it to my unk. Well, there's two people that I want to mention. Number one is my sister. I love you, Herbadine Herbin. That's his mother, my sister. So I dedicate this to you, let you know that we're praying for you. We're thinking about you. And we know that God is in the healing business and He's we're lifting you up today. And he's got it. And his dispatch, his angels around you as you continue to heal and get better. The other person I want to mention, mention Miss Trisha Nickel. We see you. We see you. And we want to say thank you. Okay, for what you're doing and appreciating for what we're doing. We're just two dudes and we invited you in and all of our audience and family are taking to the house family in to just hear two dudes topping it up doing what we love, which is talking sports. So to Steve, on behalf of Steve and Victor and myself, this is Taking to the House and we'll see you next week's next week's episode.